Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 87 of Salt, Ships, and Scuttlebutt, a World of Warships podcast. With you, as always, is myself, Captain Green123. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, a returning guest, somebody who I very much enjoy speaking to, Weeboard Mountbatten. How are we doing, buddy? Bonjour. I am doing fine. Um, it's been it's 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 been a week for for me. I'll, I'll say that, but it's good to be back. This is what my fifth time being here, sixth time, something like that. Something like that. My brain don't work yeah. too good. I get a free smoothie next time, right? Yeah, yeah. No, if you just gotta as long as you uh, punch your holes, you should be good. Good, 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 good. So uh, we're we're easing into that holiday season. Do you do any heavy holiday traveling? Any any big days at the airport for? You? Yeah, th- th- this year I am. I'm going on a bit of a um, of a road trip this winter and this summer break. Um, doing some more IRL stuff for the channel. Going to see some more museum ships that are outside of my normal like driving range because I've, I've been to the Texas, been to the Alabama and the Kid and all all the ones around here that I can reasonably drive to. But now I'm going to try and go to the ones that are a bit further away, and we're going to do a bit of a pilot run on uh, one run this. This Christmas break, actually leaving Christmas Day, how which far? is very weird. That, uh, uh, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask how far out you're going, but I, I interrupted you. Oh, um, shoot. Um, it's gonna be East Coast, mm-hmm. which is it's gonna be East Coast, then down the East Coast a little bit, and then back to uh, my little you know landlocked self here in Central. In the in the uh, in the central time zone region, even though I'm not landlocked, I don't know why I, I described it as being landlocked. <laughs> I'm 20 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> I'm tired, if you can't tell. <laughs> well, if you make your way up to New England here, um, I'm 30 minutes away from the Salem and pretty close to Battleship Cove as well. I frequent both. Um, um I I was go- so I, I had a plan to go there over the summer that COVID hit. Mm. Um, and of course that just kind of threw it all out the windows. It's been, you know, just repeatedly pushed back over and over and over again. But I, I do desperately want to get up there and see Massachusetts in real life. Uh, she, she's beautiful. Um, like, like I said, I, I've, I've actually not, not to toot my own horn, um, but I interact quite heavily with um, both of those organizations. Um do a whole bu- I do some repair work on the Salem, and uh, I sometimes volunteer my time on the Massachusetts. Unfortunately for me, the Massachusetts is about an hour away and is in Fall River, um, which isn't as bad as it used to be, but it's still interesting. Um, but is it- that where the that one destroyer sank? Because I, I, when was that? One, because that was like last year. I don't, I don't believe. No, oh no, 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 no. That that's. I've actually been on that one too. That's out in Buffalo, New York. Um, that's the Sullivan's, wasn't it? The Sullivan's yes, it was the Sullivan's. Yes, been on Sullivan's, Little Rock, and that destroyer or that that submarine rather that they have uh, over there. Um, which was actually also sinking while I was on it. The, the submarine had about a 15-degree list, which is horrendous. Yeah. 
I went on, I went on Texas like uh, five, six, seven years ago. The video's still up on my channel, and you can see they just have like pumps over the side, just dumping out gallons of water. You know, pr probably thousands of gallons of water every hour. If I had to rough estimate it, and they they had pumps on deck doing the same thing too. And it's like, man, that 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 ship needed some love. Oh yeah, well, you know, a, a lot of um, uh, it's weird because a lot of times when people are, are sitting there looking at things, they can't picture certain things degrading, kind of you know, to the degree that they do. A lot of people look at warships and they're like, ah, it's it's good, you know. The Constitution's still around. That's so, you know, obviously boats, you know, don't get degraded that much over time. And, and it's the same thing. Granted, don't get me wrong, um, it's not the same problem on the Salem, but the amount of rust I've chipped on the Salem is insane. And if I wasn't wearing a mask, I probably would have died three times over. Um, uh, the, the wear and tear that a lot of these museum ships are under is incredible when you sit down and think about it. Salt haveth no chill. No, salt have no chill. And, you know, it's not like it's in the Navy where you can go tell, you know, a sailor, hey, um, you have 20 minutes of your watch left. Here's a, you know, here's, here's a paint can. Go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, and, and you especially feel it on, on museum ships like the Salem. Um, I, I was, I had this conversation with Jerkinefeld when he was on the Salem. Um, a lot of the smaller ships, or was not as well known, I should say, museum ships like the Salem yeah. really suffer. Um, yeah. I was, uh, when I went to the Hornet for their Carrier Con event, I was talking to Gabe, the guy that was like uh, the, um, I forget exactly what his title was, but he was like the event organizer and such. And he was like, yeah, you know, not every ship's in Iowa, you know. Yeah. I mean, they don't get the attention. No, um, the it, it's funny. Uh, no, it's not funny. It's sad. It's um, because the, 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 the Salem is the last U.S. remaining heavy cruiser in existence. I think it's one of the last heavy cruisers left in the world. I'm not yeah, it's very weird. If you look at the list of museum ships, it's like a ton of battleships, quite a few aircraft carriers, like three cruisers, and then there, there's a bunch of light cruisers, and of course a, a bazillion destroyers. Um, but I don't know what happened to all the heavy cruisers. They just, I, I don't know. They just disappeared. Well, I do. I know what happened. They all got converted into the first generation of guys. Missile, missiles. yeah. Yeah, yeah missile and then cruisers. The Navy went and they were like, you know, we poured, you know, three times the amount of cost to build a ship into converting it into this and now it looks ugly you know we're not going to revert it back to world war ii uh to its world war ii configuration and use it as a museum ship so off to the breakers it goes you know um it's and, the navy version of a guy with the dremel tool pretty much um and you know e even a gearing or a fletcher that has had a whole bunch of extensive work done like uh, the fletcher of battleship cove essentially is no longer a uh, or not a Fletcher, the gearing. The gearing in Battleship Cove is mm -hmm. essentially no longer a gearing. Um, yes, it is the three, you know, dual five-inch gun turrets. Yes, it, it has, you know, gearing written on the, you know, on the ID plate. But it, it the, the whole center uh, amidships is just completely different. Yeah. Uh, in terms of all the equipment that got removed and added back on. And, and it, it ended up being the same for a lot of those heavy cruisers. Um, 
and heavy cruisers like the uh, Worcester class, like the um, Salem that had the, they were so like hyperspec into the gun era of, of naval warfare. I mean, those the loading system on the Salem is literally turret to keel. The the whole yeah. turret assembly is part of that loading process. So it, it's not like the Clevelands where you can, you know, rip out the turret, rip out the shell hoists, and and you know you've got a whole bunch of tonnage you can clear up. The amount of connection points, the the amount of you know wiring, the amount of hydraulics, the amount of everything that you would have to remove to to repurpose the the tonnage that a Salem turret takes up and a Worcester turret takes up is just insane. Um, I've, I've seen like the, the, the cutaway animation of how it works. I'm just like, this is witchcraft. Like yeah. the, this, I don't know how this works, but it, okay, cool. It looks neat. Um, Makes my ADH brain very happy. Oh yeah, no, it does. It's it may, may, my, my, I've always been called an engineer in denial. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like I'm, I'm always struggling to kind of find out how things work um, and, and being able to run around inside of a, um, in, inside of a Salem has, has been incredible because I, I have keys to the whole ship. Um, I, I, my really? Friend, oh, yes. My friend's brother worked in the Merchant Marine he did a whole bunch of volunteer work there. I've done a whole bar bunch of volunteer work there. Um, the people who run the Salem are incredibly chill. Uh, the people who run the Massachusetts are incredibly chill. Uh, I yeah, I, I'd argue. I had one guy. Um, yeah, if you let me interject here, because um, you know, no one talks over anybody in a podcast. No, no. yeah, um, definitely not my number one complaint from everybody. Right unheard of. Himself, but. but um. I did a video on the Massachusetts way back in the day. And then um, I, got, I got an email for, from some guy from the, the volunteer staff of the Massachusetts. And he was just like, yeah, no, if you want to come down, I, I got the keys to everything. You want to go anywhere? Just let me know. And we'll, I'll take you from the keel to the, to the mast if you want to. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And, the, and then COVID happened. Yeah. The part of, and this is something I kind of realized when I went out to the Little Rock and, and the Sullivans and the Blowfish, the Bowfin, or whatever whatever that sub is, I forget. A random um, fish it was named after. Yeah. Is how unique the Massachusetts and the Salem are when it comes to museum ships. A lot of the Iowas are a guided, curated, roped tour. You know? Yes, I yes I realized that when I, when I went to Wisconsin, yeah. like uh, only a third of the ship was opened up. Yeah. And if you wanted to get into like the the bridge and stuff, it was like a thirty dollar additional tour per person. Yeah. The, the additional tour fee per person. It's like that on a lot of I I did Intrepid in New York is the exact same thing. Um. And the the thing that is awesome about Salem, about Massachusetts, hell, even about the Constitution, is the fact that. Once you're past the gangplank, there isn't really anything that's off limits in terms of Massachusetts and Salem. Um, obviously, they have you know some rooms that are set aside as displays. You know, you'll have two mannequins faffing about in and you know where the dentist was. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But you can still see in there. You know, um, there all. 
all of the rooms on all of those ships are packed to the brim with models, with dioramas, with info panels, or just what was there when the ship was configured. Um, and it is genuinely awesome to have grown up in this area and especially be interested in naval history because I can go and do whatever I want, wherever I want on all of those ships. I've had airsoft gun fights in the Salem. Like they, that, they, see, that, that, that sounds incredibly cool. They just don't care, you know? And, and it's, not, it's not because, you know, they don't care about the ships. It's because they want you to experience all that these ships have to offer because that's why they're there, you know? It, yeah. It's to, it's to pick you up and take you back to 1944, take you back to, you know, the, the 1820s in terms of the Constitution, like... They want you to go back in time and see what it was like. And a lot of the, like I said, these ships in New England, the the, the Constitution, the Salem, um, all of those are, are incredibly open. And I, I thought it, I thought it was just like that everywhere. And then I, I went to Buffalo, New York, and they're like, ah, yes, you can visit ten percent of the Little Rock. And I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, because the. the uh... The Alabama and the Kid and the Texas, which are the three that are closest to me, they're all like that too. But then, like I said, when I went to the Wisconsin, it's like you could you could see you could, you could go on one turret, you could see like one gun that was open that you could walk into, and then you could go like three decks down and like two decks up into the superstructure, and you had take a curator tour if you want to go like any further down to like the engine room or anything and then again the bridge tour is like another forty dollars per person uh which i assume is something that you know they have to go get some keys for and they have to take you with and i don't know if, it, if it's a matter of like they've only had the ship since like what the early 2000s but it's been like 20 years like surely you can just open it by now like, i don't think that you know i don't think it take, take, takes that long to open up a ship for uh for, for the public especially at like the uh, what's it called? Nauticus, uh, Nautilus, the, the museum that the Wisconsin's, uh, attached to, like, clearly there, there's some money going, uh, going, going into that place. And it's just like, why is this so like closed off? That's kind of disappointing. Well, the, this is something that I, I had a, uh, I had a talk with Dave, my, one of my friends who works at the Salem, um, and one of the main issues that they had, and it's the, the pure fact that a lot of the insulators, a lot of the, uh, components used in the construction of these ships uh, gave you cancer. And they didn't know that at the time. So a lot of these ships, and it's, it's funnily enough, it's the same thing with um, old tanks as well. I had this conversation with um, Mr. Craig's, an, another one of my friends who works up at the, um, what's, it, what's it called? There's a tank museum up... Uh, American Heritage Museum up, up here in Massachusetts, <laughs> which uh, has the Jacques Littlefield collection of, of tanks. You, because a lot of them are open, a lot of them run, um, but that's not something that they can guarantee right off the bat because a lot of these vehicles just simply have components in them that are carcinogens, you know, will, will give you cancer. And the state comes along and is like, yeah, uh, you can park it in a garage, but, you know, you're going to have to take all of this, you know, Zyklon. Well, actually, that's actually an 
you know, gas, but you know, you have to take all of this, you know, insulator out or whatever. Yeah, all, all the asbestos, lead paint, whatever. Um, but wouldn't have the Navy have done that to the Iowa during the modernization of the nineties? That's what I was just gonna say. Because um, I'm pretty sure, like of- by then, we knew asbestos bad, right? Like, but by then, you know, all the grandpas from the forties and fifties, they, you know, their, their lungs are starting to not work anymore. You know, I, I would definitely think so. That's why, you know, like, um, you know, I understand a lot of the you'd think it'd be the other way around. You know, you'd think that the, the ships that had been modernized, the ships that had been used later would be more open. Um, and, you know, ships like the That's Massachusetts, fair. it'd be like, yeah, you know, um, we'd love to let you go down to the engine room. Unfortunately, we'd have to chisel asbestos off the wall and we'd have to, you know take it all out by hand and there's about 40 tons of asbestos down there. So we're just not going to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like on the Texas, the ship is like constantly in a state of sinking up until, you know, two years ago and they still let people do whatever on it. Yeah. Well, it's it's literally perpetually sinking as you're walking around on it. And they're like, Oh yeah. You want to see the engine? Yeah. Take a left. Yeah. Have fun. Don't fall down the stairs. There's uh, (laughs) a, there's remind me after this, I'll send you some videos. There's videos of me in the, in the, playing around with the sound power telephones, the fire control system on the on the Salem, because they just oh, got that fun. room open to the public. Dude, I went in there before. It had been locked for 30 years. Oh, my God. You know the videos of, um, of people at boot camp doing gas training, and they come out of the, the brick shelter or whatever it is, and they just can't yeah. leave? It was that, because the, the <laughs> amount of horse shit in that compartment... Um, but you know they they, they they got it dealt with, um, and and now it's it's open. Um, but yeah, you actually move a couple of years off your life. Oh no, I, dude, with the way I eat, with the way I drink, and with the way I cuss, my my grandmama told me she's like, I, I love you, Mike, but you're you're gonna be dead by thirty. And I was like, that's that's <laughs> fine. I can die before you know my body stops working, and all that. And then I got into fishing, and now I have fake knees. And I'm like, ah. Frick, I don't even, I can't even, you know, it hurts when I get up in the morning. I, I, I didn't even, you know, <laughs> I'm getting the whole shebang yeah. without the, the whole shebang of a life. Uh, speed run. No, you're speed running it. That, that, that's the key word. It any percent, any percent. <laughs> um, actually, I have had a few people ask for me to tell sea stories. I'm not going to do that now because this is going to, unfortunately, probably be a little bit of a short episode of the podcast, but. Um, I, I will probably be doing that in the future. Um, little, little, few more updates on me, I guess, because I've had people asking now. Now that I can circle back to the outline that I think we have, um, there, I, I passed my test. I'm completing school. I am looking for jobs right now. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where my focus is. I'll be going home uh, this Wednesday when when the podcast goes out. So. Um, yeah, everything's, everything's moving in the, in the right direction for me. I'm just incredibly torqued right now because, uh, one the, the graduation requirement essentially for my school is you need to have a job, which means you need to have a letter of, or you need to have a job offer and you, you know, you need to have a job and it's very distressing as somebody who, who, you know, goes in for a layup at a company or something with my background. And that's simply just because the amount of 
blue collar jobs I've worked. You know, I've been a fisherman, I've run a landscaping company, I've worked in grocery stores, I've ran receiving yards. Like I, I've, I have a, a large depth of skills. You know, it's not, a, it's not a question of can I do this, it's more of when the underpaid intern or the robot is looking at my resume, you know, can they tell that I, I have this experience and that's where where my stress is coming from and it's it's eating me alive um, but I, I know that once I get a job in the in the professional in the white collar world I know that moving around and everything will be a lot easier in terms of uh, in, in terms of that but right now I need to get my foot in the door and it is just very stressful Ugh. well think the current job situation shouldn't be too hard to get get picked up somewhere no it, Especially it's it's the, i've already gotten a whole bunch of job offers but mm -hmm. it's mainly uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've had this discussion before but i'm, I'm in the it field so yeah I, I do network administration primarily um so you know i've had uh, i've had about 50 companies reach out to me the problem is is all 50 of those companies want to pay me minimum wage to be tier one help desk which Whoa. I don't want to do um, because I'm overqualified for that. So, you know, it's, it's like you having, you know, a, a doctorate in something and then, you know, hey, I'm going to go, you know, teach middle school. Teach or, high school, yeah. yeah or, or, you know, something where it, you're not going to fully... Is it like they, they, they want you to have, have like 30 years of experience not being, you know... 30 lot, years old yet yeah a lot of them do and uh, the other thing is i live in massachusetts mm -hmm. as a professional working adult i do not want to live in massachusetts this country or th this country this state is horrendous commonwealth when it comes to taxes That's awesome. yeah so oh, um, i've heard my my parents, you know, my 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 dad's worked very hard all of his life. He you know, works. He's a very successful salesman now. Um, you know, he's well off. My mom works at a at a medical company. They they do well. But seeing forty to fifty percent of your paycheck disappear uh. due to federal and state taxes is, and I know that I'm going to get all the Europeans and the Canadians in my DMs telling me how normal this is and. And how this isn't that bad, but shut up! It is bad. I don't like seeing nine hundred dollars of my eighteen hundred dollar paycheck get taken away. I don't like that. We shot British people over a three percent tax. It's in our blood. I don't want. So I, I'm looking to move outside of the state. Um, I have a few friends in, in Huntsville who are like, hey, you know, come come down here. I, I have I could go up to New Hampshire or Vermont as they both have no income tax. Um, you know, they, there's some movement there. Um, my main issue is a lot of these IT jobs are in Boston, um, and I do not want to a live in Massachusetts and b have to commute into Boston every day. I think I. I would not be surprised if you if you could. I, I would be surprised if you couldn't easily find a job in like Texas around like Houston or something for well above what you might be expecting. Um, uh, my, my neighbor, meaning the, the guy that was teaching the classroom next to me, um, he 
he got married and his wife was from Texas is where her family's at. And she wanted to move back there. Like, Oh, okay. And he got a job. I say in Houston, but for, for the people that don't know Houston in and of itself is like a state within Texas. Like it keeps growing. It's huge. Um, it takes like two hours to drive across it. It's nuts. So when I say he works in Houston, he really works like two hours outside of Houston. Um, but anyway, yeah, exactly. And um, he, Louisiana average median, same thing. Look, I used two vocabulary words in, in one sentence. I, I'm a smart noodle. Um, the median pay for teachers in Louisiana is like forty-two thousand a year, and he several schools in outside of Houston where it's all like seventy k starting, and I'm yeah. like, what? And that's not, it's not like the cost of living in Houston is higher than like here. Um, but it's not that much higher. Like that, that's still a solid, a solid pay raise. Just and he's only been teach for like six or seven years. So he's not like a, you know, 30 plus year teacher or anything like that. Just to put it into perspective, the, the, the cost difference is, um, if I were to make $70,000 up here, it, it, which is on the average in terms of income, which sounds great on paper. Um, it's it would be the equivalent, I think, of earning one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Alabama. The the the, yeah. the costs and everything up here are just absolutely Seven, insane. Yeah, seventy k down here is like balling. Yeah. Um, and, and if you make like 150k down here, you might as well just be royalty. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm I'm looking in in certain areas and stuff. It's uh, one of the main issues that I've run into, and this is something I'm working to address. Uh, a lot of companies want somebody who's also uh, security certified. I'm working on my security plus uh, certification right now. I just don't have it. So, uh, I, I have to look for jobs that don't require it. Um, the one I applied for doesn't require it and has a, a good wage, and I stand a good chance of getting it, but the, the, the waiting is what's gnawing away at me. But that's me. Um, I, I, tend to, I tend to stew. I tend to let a lot of those things get to me. However, something else is getting to me. I'm good at transitions. The Christmas update. <laughs> Let's start finally talking about World of That Warcraft. was beautiful. 27 <laughs> minutes into this podcast. You said it was going to be a short one. We haven't gotten through the lied. first line. <laughs> I lied. The Christmas update. For those of you who do not know, Tuesday of this week, uh, which was the fifth, I guess. I'm good at something dates. like that. Something uh, it was in the past. The Christmas it's, update it's... dropped. For those of you who are new to the game, that means loot crates, loot crates, loot crates, loot crates. For those of you who are not new, that still means loot crates, loot crates, loot crates, loot crates. Um, Christmas loot crates are out. We have. Uh, a lot of the Christmas stuff that we are going to be talking about today, we have the Christmas Battle Pass, um, stuff like that. It, it is, a lot of people ride 
world of warships, myself included, from time to time, uh, when it comes to loot crates and when it comes to events and when it comes to greed, um, which sometimes I think is just people being angry video game people. Sometimes, I don't know. But something that I've, I've consistently... Um, thought of whenever the, the, the Christmas update comes out is that these have always been very spot on. These have been always very generous. These have always been very good for the player. Um, and this time, I, I don't think I, anything's different. Um, have you? Uh, we're we're going to start this off nice and simple. Have you opened any loot crates yet? Weed Lord Mountain. Oh, I've opened quite a few. Uh, the the, uh, the issue is the only ship I can possibly get from them that I don't already have is Tashkent 39. Um, so, Weeb Lord, Whale Lord, you pick one. However, from what I've seen from uh, the messages that have been sent to me and stuff on, on Discord and the emails, they do seem to be quite generous this year. Um, Zarkoon, the Water Worships Legends uh, YouTuber and CC over there, uh, he recently started on PC and he he didn't buy them, but just through what he could get for free in like two days, he got let me I, let me pull that up real quick from our our DMs. He got like six ships out out of the gate and good ones too. I think he only got one one that was kind of eh. He got uh, I remember it was a Duke of York. Any, um, yeah, and I'm like, oh, dude, that 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 that's a great one. Yeah, here here we go. He got eight mega sand containers. He bought so he did buy these. He bought eight me mega sand containers, and just out of the gate, a Bruzy, Leoni, Florida, and Duke of York, out of the gate. Those are good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leoni is like not great in randoms, but from ranked, it's pretty good. But yeah, Bruzy solid. Florida solid. Duke of York. Fight me if you disagree with that. Um, you broke yeah, up, so I so, can't fight you on what it is. Good. Uh, Duke of York, because, uh, I don't know, when Duke of York came out, people didn't like it, and then, you know, when you press the 2 key and you realize you have the improved AP pin angles, it's very good at making cruisers go back to port. Oh, and he got Mysore, too, so that was a little, yeah. Mysore, um, I really like. I think Mysore slept on. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. It was, one, it, was, it was one of the ones I blew up in the first two minutes of my cruiser tier list video. Yes, I remember. I, I was going to write you a very angry DM, and then I got distracted and did something else, and I've only just remembered. Whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> but, but, yeah, um, I haven't really uh, really gotten too much into them yet because I've been mainly focusing on, on grinding out the resources for, for Kitakami. Um, so that, that's for most of my time. Knocking off all the, the snowflakes, getting the coal. Yeah, I'm, I've just started doing all the snowflakes. Um, I set aside $100 this year for crates. So that got me 28 crates. What are you wanting to get out of them? I Any particular ship? I wanted a Carl Johan. Yes, Carl. Really wanted a Carl Johan. I, not to toot my own horn, um, the, the, the Bonks community that I play with is very, very, very generous when it comes to internal gifting to clan members and, and internal gifts to friends. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of very nice people in my life, and that was very true last year. I got 
a lot of gifted crates, so I got a lot of the available ships. There's only about four that I ships that I don't have out of the premium crates. I don't have a Sanyatsen, didn't have a Velos, don't have a Gorion, and I didn't have a, a Shill or a Numancia. Other than that, I'm scrolling through right now. You can probably hear my, my mouse in the podcast. Oh, I don't have a Tromp or a Tashkent 39 either because I refuse to buy I refuse to waste resources on a Tromp. Um, so I got those 28 crates. We all got into the VC. We all, I streamed it to Discord. We danced. We did Kumbaya. I then proceeded to pull a Sanyatsen, a Velos, and not my Carl Johan. Um, is oh, Carl yeah. Johan returning? Has Wargaming said? Because I, I, I don't know. It's so weird that like the Carl got pulled, and then the, the brawling secondary Soviet battleship that I like, but I can't remember the name of. Yeah, that um, looks like a canoe. Um, yes, the Nova angry canoe. S- yes, no, Nova Nova Russian name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like. The Nova Sibirsk was, if that's it, was um, barely in the premium shop for like a week, and then it disappeared. And it's like, huh. Yeah, and the I, Carl, too. The Carl has only been out for like, I don't think it's even been out for a month yet, and they already pulled it. Carl was, I think it was the, the anniversary event, though. Was it? I think so. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No time. Didn't get it then. Really wanted it. Um, just didn't get it, I guess. Um, if you want to contribute to my crippling crate fund, you can feel free to gift me some. But yeah, right now I'm... The only ones I'm missing right now out of them, it's Numancia, Carl, Johan, Shill, and then Tromp and Tashkent 39. Um... I, I'm contemplating... Again, I'm a broke student. Dude, if I had a job, I'd have a Carl Johan in my port right now. <laughs> um, but I don't. So, I don't. Um, that's that's what I did back in the day with, with Missouri. I got hired on, like, straight out of college because no one wants to be a teacher in Louisiana. I can't imagine why. Um, and, and, like, I'm like, oh, I got, I got hired now. I, I can drop, like, 500 bucks on Santa containers and get a Missouri. <laughs> Did you get it? I did. I did. I got it like, um, God. Um, it's like the 30th ship I got, something like that. Yeah, I, um, I haven't done all of my tier 10s yet. So I don't have all those tokens. I haven't, or all those, whatever they are. Um, if I guess. Thank you. That's the word. That's why you're a teacher. I haven't gotten or used all of my certificates yet. Um, that's probably something I'm going to bang out for next week. And I'll circle back and let you guys know if I get my Carl Johan. Because I have... I didn't even... Hold on, let's see. How many ships do I have at tier... How many ships do I have at tier 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... 10, 11, so 47. I have 47 tier 10 ships. So if nice. I don't get 
actually it's going to be it's it's going to be probably that's like 50 because i'm going to be getting louisiana soon and i'm going to grind out bungo this weekend or um, yeah. this upcoming week i'm going to get blackout drunk and grind it out on stream that's going to be great no, um, i did that friday i did that for schlieffen man uh patch day schlieffen came out i had schlieffen nine hours later ground out the whole fucking line didn't remember any of it looked up my stats <laughs> they were all red didn't care had the boat um, German experience. Yeah. So uh, I will let you guys know next week. But that is what I, I had gotten so far. I got a Sunyat Sen and got down on my knees and cried to God asking what I did to get a Sunyat Sen. Um, God, that thing. I got a Velos too, and I got a Jaeger, actually, now that I think about it. Ooh, um, Jaeger, big fun. Jaeger, big never, fun. I never played a Jaeger. Uh, it's gonna be... Dude, I, I can do well on it. I'm an idiot. When it comes to torpedo DDs, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, but I'm like a competitive idiot. I'm not saying that I'm better than you, but I'm just saying that I'm better at being worse than you, I think. I, I, just... well, I mean, you, you outspot everything, except for, I think, Shimakaze. And I, I, I've torpedoed, like, Yugamos with it. And they never saw me. It's a, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's definitely going to be something I'm going to enjoy um, playing. The 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 main issue for me though is when I go and play tier nine destroyers. Anything that I play with has to contend with a venom, an Udale, nah. a Kitakaze, or a um, Gronigan or a Friesland. Like there's just stiff competition at the tier. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, there, there's that. Um, if you circling back to you know what I got, um, if you ever get a Sunyat Sen, um, you must have like kicked puppies or something in a past life. This thing is horrible. I've played it in co-op. Um, oh, it's so bad. You you have 18 inch guns with the alpha of 16 inch guns, and you only have six of them. You have the reload of ah, 26 seconds isn't horrible, but like. On six 16-inch guns, essentially, it is. Yeah. Um, you have a Savetsky Soyuz armor scheme, which sounds really good, but this thing just eats absolute crap. Um, 60 mil deck, you beat damage. Doesn't it have one of those, like, raised uh, Venito kind of stern? Oh, it does. So, yeah, you just get to yeah. die. Yeah, um, the the ninety degree random yep. deck at the back. Yep. Dude, whenever when I saw Sunyat set, this is quickly becoming Mike's rant session. You're gonna have to reel me in. But whenever Sunyat Sen was getting put through testing and, and when it went through the developmental stages, I don't really know why they felt they needed one when Georgia exists. Like if I yeah, because everyone, everyone when it came out was calling it a Russian Georgia. I'm like, it, it, it's not. It's slow. It's worse. It, it is, it is very slow. It doesn't have the secondaries, and, and yes, it has six four fifty sevens, but they, they have the alpha, less alpha, I think, than the Vladivostok sixteen inch uh, guns. It, why? I, I don't know. Everyone thinks Soviet battleships are tough. They're, they're tough. Bow in. 
every other angle, no, 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 very well, bad. They're, they're, no, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. They, they do have good plating. You can be very aggressive when it comes to angling. However, they suffer from the exact same fate that a lot of German battleships with similar armor schemes suffer from. You will eat a shitload of pen damage, and that's what it is. Uh, on a lot of other battleships, you know, like the, again, let's circle back. Georgia, 38 upper. That's not going to, you know, uh, once you take the angle off that, that's oh, not know. all that much of anything. But Georgia also has the very weird, I don't know what's going on with her geometry, where, like, you, you feel like you're steeply angled, but you still, like, 10K through the nose for some reason. Uh, and I, I was more, more or less referring to, like, the, the side, because... So many people think you can sit like broadside on with like a Kremlin and be oh, fine. Yeah, no. Then, and then, you then, then you get clapped for like yeah. you know twenty, thirty k. Yeah, then you just get molly whopped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can angle for days. I mean, it's just like a, every large Soviet ship has the same basic principle: oh. bow in, steeply angled. You're you're fine. Side, you're dead. Actually, I forgot there was another tier nine that I got out of crates. I guess because I haven't had this up until this point. I got a Scarlet Thunder. It's pretty good. I, I like it. It's a, a more normalized uh, British battle cruiser. See, that's that's what makes me think I'm not gonna like it because Duncan and STV man, those are I yeah. really enjoy those ships. Um, so Scarlet Thunder is like, do you like do you, do you like Lion? Yes. Do you wish it was faster? Yes. Here's a Scarlet Thunder. Let's see. I am. I'm, I'm gonna play a bunch of these ships. Let. You know, get get a better opinion on it, but you know, I don't, uh, it's a Duncan without any of the things that make a Duncan a Duncan, other than the yeah. size. Like it's a fast lion. Like that's yeah, that's that's. I'm just, I'm just happy that's it. Got all 32 millimeter plating, so you can get shit penned by every cruiser in the game. <laughs> does does it get a good heel? Um, it's not the super heel. I think so it's no. an improved heel. It is in a minute. Um, but is it standard or is it? It's not. I don't think it's, it's a super. I think it's, it's like a standard heel. Heels three. It's a standard three seventy six. Yeah, no, that that's standard. Okay. Okay, so that's that's good. Now one upside to Scarlet Thunder. That camo slaps. The the it's pretty camo, neat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I know a lot. There's a lot of people in this game. When I play World of Warships, I want to see all of the ships gray because I have a sad life. Okay, but you're welcome to do that. But the art department, when it comes to extravagant camos like this, always knocks it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, also those people don't realize there's the button import where they can have just their gray ships. No, they they don't. No, they, they want the world to confirm to, to them. Ah, uh, to, to, to their, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize, because um, I appreciate the fancy camos and stuff, but I prefer just to have, I I don't want to sound like one of them, but just like the more realistic camos on my ships, at least. I don't care if someone else is running it. Um, but I noticed um, when you repair it, it like launches little drones that go out and like yes. weld your ship back together. Oh my God, so like, cute. What? That's awesome. And and the small touches like this, a lot of these camos. I'm looking at the Scarlet Thunder right now. There's balls moving on a tube on the outside of the ship. There's idle mm-hmm. animations for this thing. What is going on? The, the, these camos are honestly incredible. 
Um, e even static ones like the Wujing camo. I love the Wujing camo. All those um, pan-Asian kind of spiritual, I don't even know what to call oh. these. They can do all of the, all of that, but they can't animate the shells ejecting from the Des Moines turrets. I know, I know, or or any of the five inch guns. Listen, we take the <laughs> victories when they're present. Okay. I'm just glad I finally got my my funnels to rotate in my French battleships. That is a beautiful change that we've had this year. Um, I I that is awesome. Is it? it it's beautiful. It is nice. See I that just, bad boy turn. It, it was just funny because when when the French battleships came out, like this is something we're gonna do because the French had this, and then they were static for ten years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, then, like, every single video I had talking about the Republic, I played that clip, and I'm like, "Where is it? Where is it?" And then they did it, and I'm like, "Oh, they did it!" <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm. Yeah, the, these overall, these crates are good. Um, now, something I always like to say here. I'm not telling people to go out and buy $1,000 worth of crates. Oh, Obviously, yeah. spend crates, spend money. Somebody is. Somebody is, because I don't know if you Somebody know. Did. Somebody but, in Z but, did. I watched him do it. Okay, but at least, at least 100 people did. Because I don't know if you saw, if you watched like Demolition Ranch, Brendan Herrera, and all them people, but Wargaming gave them a functioning Hummer H1 with a Water Worships wrap on it, like a functioning Hummer H1. I saw that on for Twitter. Yeah, for those of you that aren't American and aren't obsessed with overly sized vehicles that get two miles to the gallon, um, oh. those those start if the if you turn the key. And the engine turns over, or at least kind of turns over. Those start at around eighty nine thousand dollars. One that actually runs, especially like an, an H one, easily hundred k. And they gave one to these guys. These are gun YouTubers, and they had like this big um, gun tuber range day. And I'm sad that I wasn't invited with all four gun videos that I made on my channel. Um, and they 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 shot the crap out of it. In a, in a mad minute, which is basically where a mad minute is we have everyone on the firing line and you can just mag dump for a minute straight. And it got shot with like 50 cal incendiary ammo, 12 gauge. I don't know how many, like every other guy had an AK, like an auto AK or something like that. And the uh, M240 Bravo and all that jazz. And I'm just like, so clearly the game's making money if they're doing this. <laughs> or the game's not making any money. So they're doing that. Yeah, but, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know that 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 uh, I don't know if you've seen the video in the army with the chick dancing around. I'm like, wow, they really like made all this. Like they they made like real Santa containers for her to like open up on on that video and stuff. It's like, so. man, they uh they know their audience for sure. I'll give them that. The other thing that's really nice is the the background on all the Bogsy streams that they've been putting up. That is something that I very much enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now. Speaking of holiday season, speaking of Christmas crates, I have decided to um, sacrifice eight of my Santa mega gift crates to one lucky listener. Um, what a generous god you are. I know. I'm, my benevolence knows no bounds. Unfortunately, That was a good transition this time. I know. Uh, unfortunately, I 
uh, can only give to people in the United States, Canada, essentially to play on the North American server. So I'm very sorry, my European friends, you're going to be left out on this one as I don't think I can just make a new account and make a European account to give people. Uh, I could try asking somebody at Wargaming, but every time I've tried to coordinate something with Wargaming or ask a question, uh, it's slipped in between the cracks, uh, which is okay. They have a whole bunch of stuff they have to deal with, but you know, there's no point in me asking them to, to do that if you know, I'm not going to get something back. Um, I will try uh, to do something for the Europeans. Uh, actually, you want to know what? I have a friend with a European account, and I will just PayPal them the $33. So, yeah, every, everybody's in. That last minute of monologuing, it doesn't count. It's gone. All of the Europeans, you are more than welcome to take part. All right. So... Moving on, further on down the list, because I'm the king of transitions, let's talk about the holiday operations, new battle pass, and the new ships. So it wasn't just Christmas crates, um, stuff you have to buy. There's also a ship in the free part of this week's, or this month's battle pass, he says as he clicks on the dockyard on accident in his port. Uh, the, the battle pass has been replaced with holidays in Santa City. Um, how far are you in, into Santa City? Um, you see, they didn't accept my passport, so they actually won't let me in. What a shame. Yeah, but no, in actuality, um, shoot, I probably have the Shorners 43, but again, I, I've just been going down my tier 7 ships, just trying to grind them as fast as possible. Mm. Um, give me a second, I'll actually just pull up the game and check here real quick. I'm, um, I'm at about... Seven right now, so I'm I'm very yeah. close to Sharnhorse, and I've barely been playing. Um, yeah, if if um, I haven't been checking, so but j just to me, the Friday night live stream that I grinded through to the Bungo, um, fr later Friday night, I should be darn near to the Sharnhorse, because they, they said like, what if you get on and play like two battles a day, you're gonna have it in like a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's if it's even that. Yeah, so, so I should be nearing it. The, the festive flowers are uh, the, the mission chains. It's, it's base XP missions. So yeah. you get uh, one progress point for, I think it's like 1,000, one progress point for 1,500, two pro one progress point for 2,000, and then two progress points for 2,000 base XP. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm level 8. I'm almost there. Yeah. So it's relatively easy to breeze through. Like I said, there is the Sharnhorse 43. For those of you who do not know about the Sharnhorse 43, it is a Sharnhorse that immediately upon seeing it in the dev blogs, I question the existence of it because... Yeah. Um, but it I, is... I was very surprised with how they, 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 they are introducing it because I it seems like they're going for a Battle of the North Cape thing, mm -hmm. which it is around the right date for that. But then I thought they were going to have a Battle of the North Cape event to put them into, because with the Shawnhorst and the, the Stored 43. Um, very, very odd. And, like, I thought they would do that to emphasize the secondary focus of the Shawnhorst, because, for those of you that don't know, um, I think it was Duke of York just absolutely, you know, dunked on the Shawnhorst in that engagement and knocked out the two front guns. So the secondaries did most of the heavy lifting and the Shawnhorst's uh, last stand. 
So that's why it's more of a secondary focus short horse. At least that's what I thought they were going for. But yeah, that's little aside there. There is there's that. Um, like you said, there's the stored, both of which stored's in the paid battle pass. The Sharn horse is in the free battle pass. So that is something you know. You complete that, um, get that. It's it's really nice to to get. Um, oh yeah, it's a good it's a good, it's a good way that they're you know introducing. I just thought it was gonna be in a, you know like in a North Cape event, but you know what do I know? I, I agree. Um, I thought it was going to be a North Cape event as well, but something that they did that I'm really happy about is they actually put the uh, Edinburgh Arctic camo into the festive camo, festive camouflage section in the armory. Um, so for those of you who don't know, this event also came out with um, a whole bunch of polar ice caps camos for... Um, ships like the Huga, the Algier, the Labrick, the Moss. Labor. <laughs> um, you know, God forbid anybody plays the Moss. Uh, Lightning, Georgia, Alaska, and this is this. You're, you're going to want to record this. You might have to put this into another video because this isn't something I say all that often. They put a beautiful camo. On the Yoshino, uh, beautiful, beautiful winter camo. That is the only time I, I will ever, ever say anything nice about this ship. Um, it is an incredible white, red, orange, with tree accented camo. Um, it's, it's they're beautiful. Um, the way that you get these is actually pretty good. You get these Christmas tokens. Uh, you can obtain them. Um, you you get them by buying loot, loot crates or getting loot crates. Uh, fortunately for me, I got with the $100 worth of loot crates I got, I was able to also get all of these camos that I care about. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of winter camos for tier five, tier fours. Um, there's a few of the Vanguard camos for the uh, you know old tier sixes. Uh, oh, the Sharnhorse Arctic camos back in. Oh, I'm gonna have to get that. Yes, and um, if you have a horrendous taste in camouflage where you're blind, um, the New Year permanent camouflages are out as well. Um, whenever anybody I still have says, those, but I've never put a put put, put a, I have I still have those. I haven't put them on any ships yet because I hate the way they look. Whenever anybody says the art department doesn't miss, and I've said it before, I know this camo always comes to mind. Don't get me wrong, the blue, the white, the the physical, uh, uh, you know, the camouflage aspect of the camouflage is beautiful. I love the figurehead they have in the bow. The 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 stuff they do on the waterline is awesome um the funnel on the yamato uh that this is modeled on looks beautiful they have christmas presents all over the place but the camo is incredibly ruined by me by the fact that they takes that they took small polygons and tried to pass them off as christmas lights and then put them over every single barrel and it looks ugly and i hate it but other than that these are pretty nice camos so yeah, there's a lot of beautiful stuff for you to sink your little hands into in the um, 
premium shop here and in the why did I say auction house in the armory? Oh my goodness. Welcome to my world. Dude, oh. if you didn't know me, you'd think English was my second language. It's terrible. Some people think that English is my second language, according to my comment section. Well, yeah, because you speak like Creole or something. Whatever you speak yeah. down there. It's a mix of everything. Uh, up here in New England, we just speak asshole. Yeah. Oh! I also forgot because I bought them all. New Year's Commanders. Get a whole bunch of free six-point commanders with cool profile pictures and, and that come with camos. It's awesome. <laughs> now, something that has recently came out that I don't think we've talked about that has nothing to do with Christmas, so I'm not even going to attempt to transition into this very well, is a certain Tier 8 French battleship. The Picard. I have not played the Picard. So I cannot comment on it. I don't know. You know, I don't want to blow steam out of my ass. However, we've Lord Mountbatten. You've played a Picard, haven't you? I have. I was disappointed with French topics twice in one week. First, I saw Napoleon. That was just depressing for someone that took a senior level college course on like the French Revolution through through through, uh, through Napoleon, through the through through the Napoleonic Wars. That was that was very sad movie for me. Like um, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, and then of course later, I, I think it released later that week, or because um, I'm sure they were trying to time it with the release of the movie. But yeah. I get disappointed about the Picard. Um, it's just... Oh, there he goes again. They're trying to complete the... Uh, what? Did I cut out? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So, um, the Picard... Immediately cuts out. ...an old piece and the... Un really? What? So, um, a, a really bad uh, thunderstorm is rolling through right now, so I might be cutting in and out. Um... That is we good now? Yeah, no, we, we seem to be a little bit more stable. Okay, so I'll try. I'll try to not take twenty minutes to explain this. But anyway, like the Picard is like the the final piece in the unofficial uh, second French battleship tech line because you got the um, the Strasbourg, you got the Picard now, you got the uh, Jean Barb, and then you got the um, uh, the one everyone won't shut up about when I don't include it in every top five video, um, the Bergon. Wait, wait, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Why isn't the burger in in, in 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 the running for top battleship for you? Oh, so that so yeah, yeah. Um I there there's two things. Um okay. one, let me double check what I put in that video because um time is a human invention that uh I still have not a grasp on, and I, it feels like I put that out like a month ago, but it was probably like two weeks ago, wasn't it? Um, ba, 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 ba. Copy paste. Fresh. Uh, did I? Uh, let me just. Um. Yep. Okay. So, what was my list for that? 
I should know this, but I don't. I'm throwing down the gloves for this. I'm completely um, derailing. Uh, no, Pergone was number two on that list. Okay, all right, never mind. What was number one? I was about to, to, to defend myself from not putting Bergon on the list that I put Bergon on the list. Oh, my God. Oh. One was Yemi. Yeah, uh, Yemi's one, Bergon's two, okay. Pomeranian's three, War Spite's four, Monty's five. I'm sorry, wait, what was five? I was hurling. Ma- uh, Monty. It was uh, five Montana, four War Spite, three Pomeranian, two Bergon, one Yamato. All right, I know, I know why Pomeranian's three, so I'm not even going to talk yeah. about that. You have a wonderful German bias, and it has rotted your brain to the very core. So Indeed, it has. You live on Delusion Island, where you think, big Bismarck. You think it's good. That's okay. No, I just don't think the Bismarck's that good anymore. No, the Bismarck's um, been dog shit since it came out. However, <laughs> the Pomeranian's fun. I'll give you that. Yes. But putting burger behind the Yamato making me think some thoughts what what, what happened what what, what, what what happened was so yeah yami with the uh legendary mod the dispersion is actually good no it is um because you know y- y- you got the the weird japanese battleship d- uh dispersion pattern but, you know, at that point, you're, you're so cranked down on the dispersion itself, it's not really too much of an issue. So now you got the 460s that, you know, you don't really care about anybody's bow armor unless it's, you know, like the uh, the GK or the Kremlin or any other of the new ships they've introduced with the massive icebreaker bows. You, you just pin them no matter what. And uh, the Yami is a ship that I at least play mid-ish sit backerish at the beginning of the match and of course at that range you know the, the armor is so great um you're not really gonna get clapped then you can push in in the last like you know 10-ish minutes of the game and you got a full health yammy now the turrets turn like someone poured a bunch of cement down them but that's beside the fact um so i don't know like yammy is surprisingly my most played battleship you'd think like you said my inherited German bias, um, it would be like GK, but it's actually Yamato, and it's one of the ships that I myself am the, the most the most comfortable in overall. Um, and anytime I was having a bad day, it's just that. So let's, let's take out the Yamato and go punch some things, right? Hmm. Now, like the AA's garbage and it's slow, and there's a cheek, but you can get around that. The cheek is typically what makes or breaks the Yamato for me. They're the, the, the main reason why I do not think... Granted, is it still a good battleship? Yes. It, it, it still is a good battleship. I don't think that it is in contention for the best battleship of tier 10. Um, and that mainly boils down to I'd argue trading a lot for that overmatch. Like you said, you traded Turtures. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially compared to like what other ships give up today. It's not near as much. I was just going to say, that's. I'd argue that that is the issue. Is it is? I think it's the first battle, first year 10 battleship in the game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think... It, it and the Montana are tied. They were both introduced in the same update. Okay. 
the Montana, I'd argue, has aged considerably better than the Yamato. Because the Montana was never a, you are going to, you know, overmatch everything. The Montana was always a absolute... Consistent dispersion. Brick yeah. of a tier 10 battleship. It, it, you know, you could angle it. Uh, you could always, you could heal very well. You had that old Citadel. You, you know, don't get me wrong, but that's that's been remedied. Um, and it's just been a consistently good gun platform at tier 10. Arguably, the only downside of it is the shell drag. However, it's the same shell drag that you've been dealing with since tier 7. So I'd argue that that, that that isn't really even a downside. The only time that it bites people in the ass is when you're somebody like me who hip-hops all over the place and, you know, oh, I'm going to take out my Montana. And then, oh, I, <laughs> I led like I was in a Kremlin. You know, it, that, that's the, the <laughs> only people that you're really going to catch off guard. The Yamato, I'd argue, traded a lot for that overmatch. That overmatch was very key in the beginning days of WoW because, like you said, plating was very standardized. Everybody had, at most, a 32-millimeter bow. And that meant that, yes, a Yamato could just punch you in the dick, regardless of the angle. However, I'm looking at my port right now. Okay? And I'm looking at all my Tier 10 battleships. We have Schlieffen, has an icebreaker. 60 mil, big son of a bitch icebreaker. Yes, it has a 27 millimeter bow. Most of that is an icebreaker. Prussian, icebreaker, 60 mils. Mech, 60 mil icebreaker. 70 mil icebreaker, what in the, what? I didn't even know it had that. GK, 60. Vermont, doesn't matter, just gets punched in the mouth by everything. I don't say I love seeing Vermont's and anything. Ohio. Punched <laughs> punch in the mouth. Montana. Punched in the mouth. Slightly less because they gave it 32 millimeter casemate armor. However, punched in the mouth. Yamato, mm. cheeked into the ground because it has a long schnoz. Thunder, <laughs> shouldn't be bowing to begin with. Incomp, schizophrenic armor placement actually saves it. Because it's got the World War One plating where it has 127 and 102 millimeter plates. Dude, the amount of times I've been walking at somebody in my end comp and had somebody go hoo, 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 and dump AP into those armored plates. Oh my god, it's an incredible feeling. It's great, isn't it? it, it you feel like God, really. You do, because you're sitting there, you're like, you, you stupid mortal. You thought I was a, you thought I was an incomp. You thought I was throwing. It is you who was throwing. Slava technically has an icebreaker. However, if you're dealing with a bow in Slava, you're either very stupid or very confused. So <laughs> I don't even really count that. Kremlin, built like a brick shit house, has 60 mil armor has, that turns into 150 mil armor with a whole bunch of nose plates in there. You have Conqueror, which will just laugh at you and heal the damage back. You have St. Vincent where the nose is just very low, when actually, no, you, you can't easily citadel this. And you have Repub, which is just all 32, and you and cries when it fights you. Mm -hmm. It was roughly 50-50 on battleships that can laugh at that kind of overmatchability. And the other thing is, is a vast majority of these battleships have 38-millimeter plating. Your Montana's um, you, you know, your, your Iowa's, 
your uh, Vermont's, your Ohio, your your Incomp, not your Thunderer, you know, your your Mech, all those Germans, they all have 38 millimeter plating, which I would argue has really taken a large bite out of the Yamato's ability to overmatch things. And again, it sacrificed so much. You have you have the concrete and rebar traverse turrets. It's still 70 seconds to turn the guns. Um, just turn the whole ship. Yeah, you might as well turn the whole ship. Um, oh, I do. <laughs> so, you know, I think that it sacrifices a lot for a mechanic that it cannot reliably crutch on anymore. And it, it would not be in my top... It, it would not be number one in my top five. Um, but... Well- See, I also, I also have like between like CBs and randoms and other gamos. I probably have like God, fifteen hundred, two thousand battles in it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not really taking the personal aspects of it into account. I'm looking at it kind of from a gameplay perspective. But yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, like um, because I'm gonna I'm gonna flip a coin here. Incomp is my favorite battleship of tier ten. Yeah, and it's arguably just straight up not a freaking battleship. Yeah, it's a very stealthy DD with very big guns. Yeah, it's a very a very, very stealthy, stealthy cruiser with big DD. guns. Yeah, um, you know, so I, I totally understand personal bias working its, its way into decisions like this because again, it you know, dude, you do not know how much I wanted the British battle cruisers to just be a line of incomparables. You did not know how much I, I didn't even care if it was word for word, bar for bar, just in comps. I I love it. But see what um what I also catch myself thinking about too is that when I'm playing Yami, I'm still aiming for the parts of the ship that I could pin if I didn't have eighteen inch guns. Mm. And then I'll catch myself like halfway through the game going, Wait, wait, wait a second, I can just punch him in his in his face because Why am I aiming for the I don't care. Belt? Yes, I've, like there was one point there, there, there was a uh, on Iowa, and I'm, I'm like, I just you know, he did some shells into the super truck. So I'm like, yeah, thirteen k. Then I go, wait, it's an I don't Iowa. care. It's yeah, the bow plate so, doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm not sure if maybe that's what's gotten me through because I, I make those stupid mistakes like that, and I I, I still like get like well over 120,000 damage in um, Miami easily today if the match lasts that long, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it would be interesting to like just take a step back because I've been playing this game for six years now and like try to enter into it with like a completely fresh look at everything and be like, oh yeah, Yami's cool, but like, yeah, like like you said, 50% of tier 10 ships have a giant icebreaker bow now. Um, and like all these other legacy ships that have all these reputations with older players, mm-hmm. um, like the, the Shimakaze and stuff with, you know, being the, the, the wall of skill and, you know, just looking at with all, all the stuff that we have, all the new stuff we, we, we have now, you know? Yeah, I, I very much agree. I, I think that Yamato though is still by far the most cemented into its, old, you know, this is number one kind of position. Because the Shimas kind of just get laughed at now. Because there's a lot of ships that can just run down and gun down Shimas. And you also have the the 17-9 Shima players who 
forget that they have guns and will just try and run away. Yeah. You know, Tsushima has kind of a bad rap. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. What were we talking about before I challenged your view on Battleship? Uh, Picardy. Picard. Yeah, that was probably better than Picard because taking a lion and putting it up at tier 8 with yeah. the RB isn't really a recipe for success in my they, opinion. They, they, they forgot. Well, they, they shrunk the guns too. You don't even get the same caliber of gun that you get on, on the on the Leon. Yeah, it has uh, it's like three f- what, what, what does it get? Um, It's smaller though. Does it get like two lawn guns? Like what? I think so, yeah. I think it is the two long guns. Um, it is... Come on, Wiki. Uh, yeah, three, 305s. <laughs> Dude, I yeah. I think it's better that we had a 20-minute tirade about battleships. And <laughs> talk about this thing. Um, yeah. yeah. What's the reload? Is it... Um, less than 30. Cannot be thirty. Yeah, let me let me look at it in port real quick. Um, I, I just pulled it up on on the wiki, but it, the wiki is two point two shots per minute, so that's math. Not a math teacher. Uh, scroll to my to my to my baguettes in my uh, tree here. Mister Picardi, the reload is yeah twenty seven. And it gets. And it gets an BRB, right? Um, because it's French, it has to get. Yes, MBRB. yes, it does get, does get uh, the reload booster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is twenty-seven second reload on. I don't know what it. Twelves at tier eight, but it's sixteen twelves that you have to essentially go flat broadside to get them all off. Yep. 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 Yeah. They they did like you know pump up the armor a little bit, but it's still like, it. no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Definitely a little bit of a questionable release. However, um, it's not in Christmas crate, so I don't have to worry about accidentally getting it. So that's good. Um, that is the one upside of the ship. Yeah. Speaking of ships that I'm not entirely sure about, we have the Michelangelo. Yes. Uh, I like it. I've been told I'm wrong. I haven't played it, so I can't really comment on it. I'm trying to look at it in port, but... Oh, it's dumb. Dumb as hell. They're going to make me go to the wiki. Would you like to know? Because I do have it in my port. I, I just want to look at the model and stuff. What is it? Ship. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that that website actually doesn't work anymore. Uh, What's the one? The. That it was something else. Is it ship start? Because it's always um. No, it might be ship fitter. Because I think no fit, 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 fitting tool doesn't work anymore. Um. I don't know, because I've always used um, Fitting Tool, and then the uh, the website's closed down now. Uh, 
You can't preview it in the uh, in the docker. I might be able to, but it's not. Um... It's not working for you for me right now. So I am going to go to Shipbuilder instead and take a look at this thing. Okay, so this is the. Yes, this is the Amidships 320s. Italian, okay. Alright. While I'm reading this, why do you like her and why did you say that people are telling you that you shouldn't like her? What's going on there? So, um, the whole thing is that the ship, because the, the turrets are so awkwardly placed, and they have such terrible gun angles that if you want to use your main guns, um, you have to show, you know, way more side than you, you should. It's got worse arm, you know, it's not as tough as Napoli, basically. Um, so you want to use your two turrets in the middle, you're going to get clapped in return if you aren't already, like, maneuvering the second that you fire, and the guns aren't really that, that accurate at all, at range. Um, however, your secondaries get out to 10 kilometers with the full build and God help anyone that gets within your secondary range, because not only is it a bunch of 90 millimeter secondary guns, like all the other Italian ships, you have 12 of the 152 millimeter guns that can pin 46 millimeters of armor. And that means that you can, you know, just chew your way through pretty much anything that you run into because, you know, 46 millimeter plating thankfully isn't very, common when it comes to extremities so you know you're chunking the upper belt the uh, superstructure the bow and the stern and pretty much anything with those guns the 90 millimeter guns still have 26 millimeters of pin so you know against other cruisers and destroyers you just chew them apart with the secondaries there and it still has torpedoes as well and the uh, main battery guns the 320s are also sap so while not accurate at range medium-ish range i've had pretty decent success with them and you know the, the they'll cleave like 15 16 18k off of cruisers at that range um and on my michelangelo review i came very 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 close to solo worrying solo worrying and whatever that you know that tense of that that word is um the match thanks to those guns uh if i had just a couple more seconds i could have clapped i think it was like a tier seven um tier eight american light cruiser that was um down to like 5000 hp if i had like again 10 more seconds probably could have killed him and um almost won the match but yeah no it's it's terrible in the current meta but god help you if you get in secondary range oh and it has the um exhaust smoke and hydro as well so you can 420 and spot around you and the secondaries of course won't get you detected in the smoke so, I like it, and I'm told that I'm wrong because the the guns are way too much of a drawback, and it's it, it does definitely suffer in the current meta. But I mean, like when it works, it's a thing of beauty, which um, is like what most secondary ships are anyway. Yeah, I, I it's interesting to me. I'm definitely gonna grind it because um, the the. I've not grinded two dockyard ships, and I have regretted it. I didn't grind the ZF-6, and I didn't grind the... What's that Tier 9 German cruiser? Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, I didn't grind the Schroeder. 
Yeah, oh. see, like the Michelangelo 2 in like tier 9 ranked in the smaller format, I think it's going to be very popular. Yeah. It, it looks good, especially the, the sap potential. I mean, Napoli has shown us the power of sap secondaries and what they do to people. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, this thing has like the 152, so it's, you know, again, you can actually walk towards battleships and you have 12 of these guns that will just rip them. What is the plating kind of like? Um, it is... Um, just check it real quick. Nose is 25. Uh, it, side isn't great. It's 200, 140. Um, the... 200 millimeter plates counter just torpedo protection underneath that. Yeah, you got the Citadel though for 60. Yeah, the side armor is not great. I've seen a few of them in game. I've seen a few of them just get their back blown out. But I've seen yeah. a few of them play very well. It's because of the the main guns. If you want to use the main guns, the, the, the main gun turret angles make the Germans look good. That's how bad they are. Mm -hmm. uh, it if there's two turrets in the middle, if they didn't 360, uh, the ship would almost be unplayable. I see. It's I, I'm I mean I'm still gonna grind it. I just don't even know why I'm I'm sitting here sounding like I need convincing. It's it's not competitive or anything. It's just that when you get in those situations when you're surrounded by ships that your secondaries can rip apart. It's just so good at it. It's it's just it it goes full Doomslayer mode basically. Well, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see it. And again, if you're having fun, that's all that really matters in in most ships. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fun goofy ship. It's not going to be competitive. As again, maybe in like, well, I I would say definitely in tier nine ranked, it's going to be pretty scary. Well, that the the high drone smoke combo is pretty. I mean that that's just like an amazing combo right there. Well, um, I'm not going to rush to say anything like that because I said the exact same thing about the Schroeder and then the Schroeder um, became very the meta. popular <laughs> during the 2-9 clan battle season. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that, that surprised me too. Yeah, when, yeah, when I showed up and... The, the clan was, our, our clan was like, oh, well, you know, we'll just run Schroeders. And then we're like, oh, who has Schroeder? And like two people put their hands up and we're like, what the... Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same thing happened to me. Uh, I wasn't able to be around too much last clan battle season because of work and, and some uh, IRL stuff. I show up and like, thank God we can run, you know, another Schroeder now. And I'm like, what? Wait, Schroeder? What do you mean you're running Schroeder? Yeah. <laughs> like Shinji getting the Schroeder. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that now it's even scarier because you get it out to twelve kilometers to the secondaries, and oh my, it's it's such a ridiculous ship. Yeah. Speaking of ridiculous ships with interesting consumables, I am on fire when it comes to these. We have the Japanese alternate battleship line that has been finally released to the general public. We have. The Yumihari, the At Atatara, and the Bungo. Um, one thing, I'd like to immediately induct Bungo into the Hall of Fame in World of Warships for having the best tier 10 clan, 
or best U10 ship name. Um, Bunga Bunga Bungo is awesome. But we have finally had the full release. These new Japanese battleships are now in the wild. Have you played them? I have. I have. I've played a few of them too. I want to know what you think of them. Um, Yumahara, I, I have so many questions mm. as to why this ship is, is so gimped at tier 8. You have 8 16-inch guns, which is like, okay, that, that that's like, you know, that's pretty standard for tier for oh, tier, uh, tier 8. Um, well, I mean, like, in terms of, well, yeah, I know, yeah, no, actually today that is below average, because but Nor- I think of North Carolina and her nine 16 inch guns. I think that's like the norm for tier eight. So I'd say like the, the eight 16 inch guns, but the 26 second base for though, they're like, eh, okay. If the shells weren't so weird, um, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's like, cause why the, the AP feels so weird. I think it's, I think it's the same thing. Why the AP feels weird. Um, like the Minnesota and stuff, because it's actually just Colorado AP. I think with this, it might be uh, Nagato AP or something. Oh, okay, that'll make um, more sense. You know, it just because has, like I, I've had the exact same thing. I've only played the tier eight. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna grind out um, the Bungo either this weekend, either tomorrow on stream, so Sunday on stream, or uh, when I get back to my house and I can like actually stream with good internet. Um, yeah, but... so I, I have good news for you. Oh. The uh, the long. And he cuts out immediately. The Yamahara is just. Oh, hello. Hello. Bonjour. Okay, we should be good now. Okay. Um, I was just watching Discord. My my connection went to red, but we're back now. Um, but yeah, the the, the line does get better. Um, the Atatara was I, by my personal opinion. Uh, the Bungo is very good. Uh, I mean, t- 10 18-inch guns, even though they're kind of like the uh, the neutered 18-inch guns because they have, like, a th- looks like the Thunder's 18-inch guns do, like, 14,000 and change. The Bungo's is, like, 13,600, I think. Um, and then, again, with with the whole weird shell situation going on there, um, the, the Bungo's good. But the, the Yumahara is just... Painful, 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 painful spot to be, and I, I grinded through that mostly on stream Friday night as long as I could with my internet holding out. Um, and yeah, that that one, I don't know what what they were thinking there with that, uh, with the the thinner armor, the thirty one knot top speed, and the weird AP, and they're like, yeah, it's a battle cruiser that's slower than most tier eight battleships, but oh, okay. Um, they're great for clapping cruisers. I, in the bunga, so many, so many times have I just removed like two thirds of a cruiser's HP that wasn't paying attention. And the the um, what's it called? The 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 the, the dead eye on demand, whatever that the spotter plane's called. Um, Enhanced spotter aircraft. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the twenty percent buff to the dispersion with the with the bungo is very noticeable. I wasn't really noticing that much with the Yamahara and the Adatara, but with the bungo, I guess with all the shells on screen, you know, my my my, my monkey brain can put it together at that point. The dots are going closer together. <laughs> you know, um, but um, but yeah. So, but bu- bungo good. Adatara okay. Um, Yamahara pain 
Um, and like the, the Sarugi 2, the tier 9 premium, I like that one, but the guns are a lot more accurate on that one than on like the, uh, the Yamahara. Um, so yeah, overall, I think they're the line as a whole because of the Bungo and the Adatara, it's a good line. Uh, the Yamahara, I guess, you know, you, you gotta have a stinker, so I guess that's the one Wargaming went with. I just think they're also very weird that they classify these things as battle cruisers, but they go slower than most of the battleships at their tier, and they still have the less armor and the less HP. And I don't know. I don't, it's just a really weird combo for me. But, like, the Bungo, I get it. Because, like, the 10 to 18-inch guns with a 20% boost uh, with the Enhanced Spotter, I get that. But, like, the Adatara and the uh, Yumahara, I don't get why they're this, like, you know, neutered. I mean, I always knew the Yumahari was going to have a bit of an uphill struggle. Because the, the, the Tier 8 is literally a Nagato... That's it. It's 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 kind of just a Nagato, you know. It, it, what were you expecting? Something else? No. It's it's eight gun, sixteen inch. It was I Nagato the entire time. Yeah, basically, it's it it was just looking at it. It, it it's just a Nagato on an Amagi hull. Hmm. You are dealing with four sixteen inch guns. They had to give it a quick rate of fire. My quick twenty seven seconds is not all that quick of a reload. I knew that Yumihari was going to be a little bit of a slog, as we say in the industry. Um, it's going to be especially a slog for me. Uh, bold and controversial statement here. I don't like Japanese battleships. Uh, yeah. Don't like their dispersion. I don't like yeah, playing. I don't like their armor. The dispersion pattern, I understand. I, I don't enjoy playing Japanese battleships. Um, I enjoy the Ragnarok and I enjoy the the you know the Warhammer collab ones. I enjoy those; they get increased accuracy. Um, but in terms of you know me grinding out the Yamato, I kind of wish I just free XP'd it. Uh, <laughs> granted, I'm known for my absolutely dog shit takes, and I'm I'm probably gonna get some somebody in in my DMs this week telling me how wrong I am and how I need to to you know love the Nippon armor plating that was folded a billion times and, and how it, it, it's great. And that's, that's now ask them, ask them why it was folded a billion times. Well, my dad, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take step off the deep end a little bit here. My dad had a, had a wonderful saying because there, there's a, whenever you talk about world of warships, you know, oh, you know, I, I, I know what I'm, you know, I know what I'm talking about. You know, there, there's always somebody who, who tries to tell you that, you know, they have a shred of authority or, or you know, everybody says this, everybody says that. Um, and he, he always tells me, he's like, yeah, the first thing that pops into my mind is, you know, a lot of people in my life have told me that crack is good. That doesn't mean that crack is good. Just because a whole bunch of people tell me that the Japanese battleships are good doesn't mean that it, it, it's good for me or it's something that I'd like. Um, I just don't like them. I think they're dog shit. Are you sure you're just not trying to bait someone into leaking the technical documents for the Yamato? Dude, I, I, have, been, I have been on a War Thunder binge. Technical documents? They burned, <laughs> all, they, they burned the napkins at the design bureau that they made it in. Japan just went absolutely ape shit on all their documents post World War II. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, li- I like how like to confirm like there there's so little left to confirm. I think the wreck of the Musashi. They had to go like drag some ninety eight year old Japanese man yeah, down to the go- bottom of the ocean. <laughs> like oh yeah, that's yeah, the Musashi. I made that. I made that. Thank you. <laughs> Surprise! The, the trip down here didn't kill you. Thank you. We're gonna bring you back to Japan now. Feels like it's like an electrician or something too, something like that. It's the same thing with um, with a lot of Russian naval documents. I think we've had this discussion before. I, I pull a lot of documents and stuff from uh, archives, and um, haven't been able to get all that much Russian stuff. And that was because there was about a five year period after the end of the Cold War, where Western people were actually allowed into documents. And, and design proposals and stuff um, in, in Russia. And then about five years after the Cold War ended, Russia started closing the clamshell a little bit. It was like, hey, uh, bye, get out. So yeah, know, um, I understand how, how, how that is. But yeah, I, uh, Yumihari is going to be interesting. Um, I, I'll let you know next week. Uh, if if I sound even more dead inside than I normally do, then hey, uh, Yumihari is not that good, and I will most certainly talk about it. Uh, that's the only one I've played. Uh, I did like two asymmetric games because I'm just trying to knock off snowflakes, so I'm not even really all that comfortable talking about my experiences in those asymmetrics. You know, I just I clicked on bots. That's all I really did. So. But. Yeah, it's just it's it's just an, a very underwhelming tier eight. Which you know, you know, surprise, a tier eight battleship isn't great, you know. But this one just feels a little extra, not not great. Yeah. Oh well, I, I think that it's good that we finally have a tech tree tier nine that is four fifty seven. Oh, uh, here's another thing. Why is there still a mix of battle cruisers in the Japanese battleship tech uh, tech line? They could have gone. They could have gone like the German battle cruisers and gone a lot further back than the than the Wish brand fucking Nagato that they put at tier eight. Like they, they there's so many other design concepts that they could have put up there in this mm-hmm. battle cruiser line, and they're just like, oh, waiter, waiter, more Nagatos, please. And then, oh, what are we gonna do for the tier nine? Ah, Nagato. What are we gonna do for the tier ten? We're gonna change things up. It's it's gonna be an Amagi with four fifty sevens. You know, it, it, there there were so many other interesting uh, designs that they could have gone with, and they, they went with these three. Granted, I also understand it, you know. Um, it's still new content. They, they didn't want to have a whole line of this increased spotter, you know, increased accuracy yeah. spotter. They wanted to, to dip people's toes into that as opposed to just, yeah, here, every tier, this is something you have to deal with now. All of the other battleships are outclassed, you know. I can understand it from that perspective, but from a historical perspective, I really would have appreciated a lot more on the line. But hey, like I said, that's development time. That's, you know, game balance wise, I, I understand it. But um, I am going to. Uh, well, no, we're going to ask question of the week. Um, for those Christmas crates. Uh, I will be giving away the Christmas crates 
in two weeks. Um, it is currently the the tenth for me. Well, it was the ninth when we started recording, but here we are. It's two a.m. Um, oh Lord, it is. Yeah. Um, it is. I am gonna do a uh, podcast on the sixteenth. Uh, I am going to skip the following week because it's literally Christmas Eve. I'm not recording for you guys on Christmas Eve. I'm very sorry. I'm going to be enjoying time with my friends, my family, and my dogs. And I will circle back probably also after the the following week. And uh, I'll just do it on the, on the 6th of the following year. Um, and that, and that is purely just because the the holiday season there with me moving back from school uh, and then going back to school, uh, I'm going to need some time for all that and, you know, spend time with my family. But, uh, yeah. Um, so please, 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 please reach out to me on Discord. Uh, we'll do the cutoff, I guess, for this question because some people like to listen to it, a, you know, a week or so after. Uh, we will have the cutoff for this be the 26th. So for the next 16 days, if you DM me the answer to this question, uh, I'll put you into a spreadsheet, and then on the 26th, I will draw and give out uh, those Christmas crates. Um, once again, this is open to everybody. Uh, please DM me on Discord so I can actually um, have... You know, keep track of you guys. Uh, I don't check the email. Griefer checks the email. And Griefer's going to be away doing stuff with his family. So I don't, I don't want to have to bug him and be like, hey, what, what's the email? Please just reach out to me on Discord. Um, you can find me on the World of Warships official Discord. I'm there. I'm on the COTS Discord. I'm on basically all of the clan Discords in North America. I'm on new tsoft server i'm on the old tsoft server i'm i'm on all of the servers that um have really anything to do with wows in, in north america so even if you don't think i'm there i'm probably there just search me up uh, it's captain green one two three i have a it's in your walls yeah i am in people's walls a death corp kriegsman as my logo even if uh you're not sure just shoot them a dm because you know you don't want to miss out on christmas crates but the question for the week, um, we will be circling back to a little bit of a callback to December 7th. I want to know how many midget subs took part in the attack on Pearl Harbor. Not how many actually functioned, just how many left Japan. Um, I know, know that was a little bit of an issue. So, yeah. All right. Um, that's kind of it for me. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Mr. Weed Lord? Uh, if you like me Zoom content, uh, keep an eye out on my channel around the Christmas holidays, or perhaps the week after Christmas. Some interesting stuff should be there um, shortly after that. Um, other than that, just check out the channel. Same name as well, not Weeblord, Sea Lord. <laughs> but okay. you can call me that. That's I'll, fine. <laughs> I'll put your, I'll, put your uh, I'll link you in the channel description uh, of this video. So, 
There you go. I, I was going to do that anyways, but yeah. But yeah, thank you much very appreciated. much for, for stopping by. Um, thank you for taking time out of your out of your very very strenuous day. And, oh, always a pleasure. Oh, don't say that. My my ego will inflate to the size of Mars. Fine, I hated it. Mm, there we go. Gotta humble me. All right. <laughs> thank you very much for listening this week. Um, Still, I'm going to be, this is a little bit of housekeeping. Um, it's going to be a little weird going for the few weeks forward because like Griefer said last week, he wants to phase out of doing the podcast. Um, it is not because he doesn't enjoy it. He enjoys it very much. This was a difficult decision for him to make, but uh, I think he said it last week. He just wants to spend time with his family and as a friend and with him being a father, I, I can't say no to that. So... Um, I, I am going to continue to look for a new co-host in the meantime. I have a few people who I was going to ask, um, and a little bit of, uh, interviews, a little few interviews I was going to conduct, but I just figured I'd, I'd give you guys an update on that. This podcast has genuinely been incredible for me to, uh, work on and, and be a part of, uh, the, the interactions that I've gotten from a lot of people is top-notch. Um, a lot of people, for some reason, think that when they DM me or something, they, they, they think I'm, they're bothering me when they couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it's always interesting to talk to people from all different walks of life, all different cultures, all different places from around the world. Uh, and this podcast allows me to do that. And, uh, you know, we also talk about naval stuff. Or uh, your punk boy Andy and me and... Uh, I DM you in the middle of a clan battles game that you're throwing because you, you int and you eat shots from my Bonksy battleship. <laughs> well, anyways, have a nice night.